Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I'm super excited to share with you that I have brought back my signature course, Sheenette's Worth, a hairstylist guide to going independent. So if you've been independent for a while and you don't have systems, this course is for you. If you're thinking about going independent and you're not sure if it's what's the right move for you, this course is for you. I know for myself, I wish I had this course. Basically, the first four years I was independent, I struggled because I didn't have the infrastructure or the understanding of the business side of my business. So if this sounds like something you could use some help with, please head over to my website, wavemaking.com, and check out my course. Hi, guys. So today I'm going to be talking about the difference between self-saving and self-sacrificing. So a lot of times I feel like if I look back at my career and I look back at the different decisions I've made and the different choices that I've made, if you didn't know my motivation, you didn't know my why for what I was doing, a lot of the times the decisions I made and the changes that occurred in my business would have been seen as like suicide, right? Like, why would you do that? Like, that's like against everything Like we've been trained to be as hairstylists and like, why would you turn business away or why would you do that? A lot of times looking back from the vantage point I have now, I realize that a lot of decisions I made kind of subconsciously uh, at the time were things that I did to save, self-save myself. So self-saving in the sense of I'm able to do this career in a way that I'm able to enjoy it and be present. And a lot of my behavior in the past to someone with an untrained eye would have seemed like self-sabotage, right? Like, like getting in my own way. And I know that a lot of us can get in our own way, but I think what's even harder for us is to realize that a lot of the times getting out of our own way involves getting really uncomfortable and doing things in our businesses that go against the grain or against what we've been trained or previously thought we should or were allowed to do. So I thought it'd be kind of maybe helpful to share some of those uh, experiences from my career because I find that I'm so grateful to like Lindsay of yesterday just in general. Um, But I'm really, I'm really proud of like Lindsay of yesterday for all the times that as scary as it was, as much as my voice shaked, the decisions that I made that um, I think I knew subconsciously were going to allow me to do this more sustainably, but in the short term meant loss, meant uh, disappointing people, meant um, kind of being out on my own or a lone wolf or um, things like that, that I would like to share them in an effort to potentially uh, like lessen your load. Um, And if you feel like this, like you're not alone. So some of the things that I've done in my career, um, you know, like one of the hardest things was, you know, initially the hard thing was when I went independent, because that's kind of when I'll say like, it start. I started to self-sabotage myself when I went independent because I was trying to keep up 
and be like the traditional commission salon, which had a lot more infrastructure and a lot more support staff and the ability to um, run in a, in a manner that they were they were able to see more people. And I think that I kind of sabotaged myself in the beginning, thinking that I could do as much as they were doing because I was I was willing to work that hard. Where, you know, like the big commission salons are working hard, Lindsay, but they also have a, a system in place that allows it to be sustainable. Um, and it allows for, you know, them to continue to operate in the way they're operating for a really long time. So for me, the way I was running my business was like seeing nine people a day, double booked. Um, and I did it for a long time. Like I would say I slowly over four years in my first business was able to slowly start to take back a little bit of, um, the amount of people that I was seeing, but I actually just, I thought I was doing it right. Like I thought this is what it took to be successful. Um, and when I look back at like one of the first moves I made to kind of, when I went independent, I realized like I had to get rid of this part line color service. And I remember that being so scary because that was the first time I had, you know, had taken a stance and been like, I can't do this service because in an hour and 15 minutes, I'm charging half the price of a base color. You're getting partial root coverage and a shampoo and a blow dry and leaving like a million bucks for like $35. And um, we can all do the math now and realize that I was actually operating almost at like a negative. If I, my cost per hour at the time, let's say was $30 to be in my space with overhead, I'm charging $35 for an hour and 15 minutes of my time. That's not including product. That's not including color. Um, let's just say it was a complete fucking wash. Um, but I knew somewhere deep inside me, like well, wouldn't take a rocket scientist, but I knew that it was not something I could continue to sustain. Um, and so I had to get rid of that service. And that was a kind of the first time it's like, that was self-saving because I'm like, even I can't do that. And I want to do stuff other people can't do. And so, you know, with, you know, services like that, it's like, that was the first time I think I kind of was like, okay, I got to step out. But I think like courage starts to grow and you get more burned out and life happens and your tolerance level for a long time, my tolerance level went up and then my tolerance level went way down for that kind of just stuff. But that was, you know, so thinking of times when, um, you know, needing to take matters into your own hands, stop doing a service. Um, every year I would roughly raise my prices, but I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't know anyone. So, you know, like I went independent in 2014, my prices were, let's say like a base color was $79. And then by the time I went, um, closed that business, my base colors were probably around 90. So, um, in a four year span, that base color went up basically $11. Um, when I put it like that, I want to just show you like how long I sustained this level of work that was really unsustainable. But I think what I started to do in ending my partnership was realizing like, no, I get a say too. And I don't have to continue to make things work that really, if I'm honest with myself, aren't working for me either. Um, that was a moment where I feel like I, you know, just kind of decided to go all in on myself and, um, you know, the comfort of the known 
even though it was not going well, um, was honestly more attractive to me than going off on my own. And that just goes to show you how much certainty played a role in how my life was going. I needed it to, I needed to feel good all the time and a dull, achy good because it wasn't good, turns out. But going off on my own in 2017, opening Lin May in 2018, January 2nd of 2018, I, you know, raised my base colors to $100 and um, slowly started to implement. I, I just moved there and I said, I has to be different. Like it has to be different. And I think that again, to an untrained eye, you're looking at me going like, she's opening a color studio. I remember people being like, can you do that? And, um, can you like, you have to work Saturdays. And I slowly started to do every other. And I kind of slowly started to honor my schedule. And that was new for a lot of people. And I remember someone walking in and saying like, oh, it's dead in here. Like I worked alone. It's going to feel dead in here. Like not dead, but I mean, she's not with me any longer to answer the question. But I I remember standing in that moment and feeling kind of like insecure about it. But in another moment, self-saving myself and saying, this is the way I want it to feel in here. I want it to be really relaxing. And I've actually made a decision to adjust how I do things, what I do, and how I charge for them so that the experience here can be like that. And I remember being like, oh, I can't believe I can like articulate that and say that and that I'm allowed to create it the way that I want it. And um, looking back now, um, I don't think that there were certain people that thought I was allowed to make changes and they kind of perpetuated that fear of like, things have to be done the way they've always been done. And I, I look back now and I'm just like, oh my gosh, all those times that it looked like I was sabotaging myself, like saying no to Saturday appointments, saying no to um, how I had been doing things was actually saying yes to myself and yes to the career that I'm getting to, to live in and enjoy now. So I think that oftentimes uh, it can look to someone a very different way. And that's when, you know, you have to start to realize that um, I kind of think I can tell the confidence in a person and myself even when I am no longer interested in explaining to you or justifying my position on something, why I'm doing things the way that I'm doing. And I think being comfortable, being misunderstood. So that's why this whole episode is kind of like, you might say self-sacrifice, <laughs> so many S's, self, like sabotaging yourself. But someone else might be like, no, 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 you've got me all wrong. I'm actually teeing this up so that for, for the next 30 years, I can do this work and love it and enjoy it and have the life that I don't have regrets about. And so to you, I might seem like I'm throwing it all away, but I'm actually doing the opposite. And that's just a cool feeling to have. And I think the more we stand in all of who we are as hairstylists, the more we stand in who we are as whole human beings, the less um, we need people to get what we're doing. And the right people get it, right? So like the people that stick with you, they get it. The people that come alongside you during it and as you're growing, like they get it. And having... um, just a strong conviction in knowing what your why is for what you're doing. And it's so that like you can 
do this significant longer amount of time because you're doing it in a way that doesn't make you want a vacation from your life. And you're doing it in a way that doesn't leave you so drained that you can enjoy your family. So I just, I, I um, would love for you to just sit with this idea that um, someone's going to say, you can't do that or that's not allowed. And I would say, I call bullshit and that nobody knows what's right for you more than you do. People can speak to like what they feel and what you feel. It's like, oh my gosh, that you're talking to me. Yes. But I feel oftentimes that if we were to sit with like why we're not doing the thing we want to do, it's because we don't think it's allowed or that like, what would that say about us? But I think the kindest thing we can do uh, for the people we want to serve is to start showing up in a way that as we're serving them serves us. And like I said from the beginning, like I started this podcast because like I felt like I needed an outlet for everything I was experiencing. But I also felt like what if I could be that whisper for someone else? Like I didn't know until like everything in my life blew up that it wasn't going awesome. I thought I had like this awesome dream life and getting to the other side and just having the rug pulled out from under me and realizing I didn't have that, like the podcast, as much as it was for me, it's, I wanted to serve other people in it, but the reason why I did it was for me. And I think that kind of just reconnecting and like rewiring our brains to understand that like something that's good for us is good for other people, as long as it's not selfish, you know? And, um, just like letting that be your guide a little bit more and less about, you know, what we think we're supposed to be doing. Because I feel as though that was something that I did to sabotage myself. It's like, what is what I should be doing? I should be enjoying this. I should be saying yes to all these people. But I had to actually put my life preserver on myself. And that involved saying no. That involved changing where I worked, that involved changing who I worked with, that meant standing alone and realizing that I'm strong enough and that I am, have the power to make change in my life. And I know we always want to just, myself included, I always want someone to just like give me the formula, tell me how to do things. But really, like nobody knows that better than you. And like, I think we all know I didn't want to get slow enough and quiet enough to see that um, there were a lot of changes that I needed to make. So the universe, God, whatever you believed in, um, as Oprah says, they send a pebble, then they send a rock, then they send a brick, and then I got all the way to a boulder. I had to be sent a boulder in my life. And um, I guess a way for me to process that and pay it forward was to do this podcast. So keep in mind that a lot. oftentimes we're we can do things to save ourselves and in turn save other people and support other people but it starts with us and making those changes and just kind of saying fuck it and doing you so have a wave making monday and i will talk to you soon